Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, welcome back to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. We are continuing what we spoke about last time what coaching is, what therapy is, and how those practices can help you learn to love yourself better. And yeah, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Yet another week. This time we get to ask Sam all the questions about coaching. We're going to pick her brain and see what is coaching? Why is she doing it? Why does she think it's awesome or not awesome? I don't know. Maybe she hates it. We're going to find out. I think it's pretty awesome. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we wanted to just ask Sam some questions around why coaching? When when is it useful? Um, mm. Yeah. So why Sam, coaching? let's start off. <laughs> why coaching? Uh, <laughs> I want to hear about why you were initially attracted to get coached, to Ooh. have a coach. Yeah. Well, the short answer is, and I'll make it longer because the short answer is pretty boring. It's I wasn't. <laughs> As in, I didn't know what coaching was. I wasn't looking for a coach at all. So I was, yeah, definitely in a place in my life where I was figuring out what was next for me. I was struggling a little bit, feeling a bit disconnected in my life in Sydney, not really sure whether that was because I didn't like the career I was in or whether it was to do with friendships feeling different after I'd lived abroad for so long and... Anyway, I was not out hunting for a coach or thinking about coaching or anything like that, but I was in the middle of a career transition and as part of that, I was doing an online business school and I happened to meet a coach and I met her several times before I decided to coach with her, but every time I spoke with her, and asked her questions about what she did and the sorts of people she helped and the kind of work that she did. I, I just kept feeling like, oh, that actually sounds like that could be helpful for me to do. <laughs> and um, so by the time I kind of bumped into this girl for maybe the fifth time, I was like, okay, maybe I should just sign up for this and, and see what it is and see if she could help me to, yeah find some clarity, set some goals, make some positive decisions and get a bit of forward momentum in my life. So this is after you had already done therapy. Yeah. So I'd seen a therapist for three years at that time and I had stopped therapy. And the reason why I stopped was for me, I felt like I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. Like I felt like I had processed a lot of stuff, which was helpful. I'd talked about a lot of um, family dynamics and things that had been going on and and patterns that maybe I wasn't aware of. But then I still just felt really in this place in my life where I felt very stuck and confused and, yeah, just not really. I just kept thinking, is this all there is? Like, is this it? Is this what my life is these days? And I didn't feel like I had any clear idea of, how to get out of it. And I certainly, for me, in my experience with my therapist, I wasn't getting that. But then I also think maybe I wasn't articulating what I needed. You know, I don't think my therapist Mm -hmm. was a bad therapist. I just felt like 
yeah, I got to a point where I was like, now I don't know what to do with my life. And, and, and this I is before know. you met Kusanai. <laughs> yes, definitely. So this before. makes sense why you didn't know what you were doing with your life or if this was it. <laughs> exactly. This is all it was pretty much the lack of you guys in my life was just, I mean, what was I to do? I just wanted to clarify that for listeners who are keeping track of this timeline. (laughs) You know, and I think part of it was maybe just like age and having, it was definitely to do, you know, the struggle I was going through was definitely exacerbated by having lived abroad for four years and come home and and was feeling like a total foreigner in my own city. But I think it was just a lot of, um, you know, it was my late 20s going into my 30s and me questioning, oh, is this career that I've chosen for myself? I think these days it's like very common. You know, we have quarter life crises instead of midlife crises. Like by the time mm-hmm. we're like in our late 20s, we're already questioning the decisions of our of our early 20s. And that was very much the position that I was in. Mm-hmm. So when you met with this coach, what struck you as this is so helpful? Hmm. I think it was, um, for me, I was very lucky with the coach that I found because she, she was experienced with a, with a bunch of different types of coaching tools. So she was not only a coach, but she was also a, um, an NLP practitioner. She was also an, um, EFT practitioner. Now NLP is neuro linguistic programming and EFT is emotional freedom technique. Um, and so she was able to kind of mix tools that helped me to actually process emotions that I was feeling. And then all of the, the more standard general coaching tools of helping me to really set clear goals for the three months that we were working together. So I liked that it was a short time period, but you know, there was six sessions over three months. So I, I knew I had enough time to kind of hopefully make some progress And so I liked that with that structure, it was very much like, okay, well, you define, like, what is it that at the end of three months, where do you want to be? What do you want to be different? What do you, and I just thought, wow, I've never, that was something that I never, obviously, it's not something you do in therapy. Like, (laughs) what do you want? What's your goal Mm -hmm. for the next three months? So I really liked, for me, it was like. To be healed, not feel like shit. (laughs) Exactly. For me, that very specific timeframe really helped me to and and we were focusing on specific areas of my life I actually funnily enough went to a health coach because as as some of our listeners may remember my um a lot of my suffering and and struggle was with self-loathing in the form of just hating my physical self so I think I definitely went to this woman because I thought, oh, she's going to help me lose weight. (laughs) And so I chose, I liked that she was a health coach and I thought she would give me like all of this nutrition and all of this, uh, yeah, training information. That's what happened. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But actually, no. Yeah. What was the biggest takeaway you took from that? From my, the entire coaching experience or? Yeah. From that first time you got coached. Oh. That it is so possible to completely change areas of your life with just small, consistent, conscious actions that somebody is checking up with you to make sure that you're doing and that we don't have to stay in a place of analyzing and um, and just thinking over and over again, how can I make my life better? We can experiment and 
you know, try some actions and if they don't work, we can try some new actions. And I liked the way that every two weeks it was kind of like checking in on the actions that we had set, looking at which ones worked, which ones are actually making me feel better and which ones aren't, and then dropping the ones that weren't and coming up with new ones. Like it was very a flexible, personalized approach where we found what worked for me. This is where I think it's interesting to look at the intersection between coaching and therapy, because Mm. I'm guessing you felt really dang good to get Mm. to that point, to have clarity around these are the things that make me feel better. And these are the patterns, the rhythms, the structures. And so it is helping you with depressive symptoms or anxious symptoms. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and she was, you know, my experience with my coach was, so transformative because she was the only person to ever kind of talk to me about um, my relationship with myself and self-love. And that is not at all what I thought I was going to her for, you know? So I think now given all of the work that I do and, and, you know, this podcast and just the way that I see everything playing out, I, I think that understanding that every single aspect of our life is affected by the way that we think and feel towards ourselves. I got that insight from her. And so that was, right. you know, remarkable. Like, I don't know if I'm sure I probably would have got there somehow, but mm-hmm. yeah, to just have someone kind of share and witness what I was saying and through that process, which I think, you know, both therapy and coaching use active listening and that that idea of like really hearing someone and reflecting back what they're saying to you. I think hearing her reflect back the way that I thought about myself and spoke to myself was so powerful. I'd never seen how destructive the relationship with myself had been up until that point. Right. Whoa. I think we should pause there and just reflect on within a short span of time Mm. to go from kind of a self-loathing place to a beginning to heal that piece Mm. and asking yourself better questions not yeah. why do I suck? Why am I the worst? Why is my body terrible? But instead, um, what's a small step I can do today mm-hmm. to feel a little better, to feel a little more connected. And even someone to hold a mirror up to you and say, Hey, the way that you're doing the self-loathing shtick is not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it really was remarkable. And I think for me, you know, one of the tools that I'm always sharing with my clients around, self-love particularly when it relates to anything to do with your body is the body gratitude practice and again that was the very first that was the first action step that I ever had from that coach and that was one that continued for the entire time that I worked with her and that one tiny tiny tool I still use it today with not only myself but with so many clients yeah describe it more for us so basically it's a very simple practice where in order to get to a place where you change, you know, the way that you feel about yourself, we, we do it through gratitude. So looking at any aspect of your body and on a daily basis, asking yourself, what am I grateful for about my body today? You know, and it doesn't have to be aesthetic. It could be functional. It could be anything. But when you start to have gratitude or look for the gratitude, you know, initially I, I did start with very functional things like, oh, I'm grateful I can walk. It was very, you know, I 
I struggled because I had such an um, uncomfortable relationship with my body to, to find things. But then as I continued to do it, and I think that was also the thing with coaching was having that particular practice was daily for me and having someone check in with me daily and be like, okay, what are you, what are you grateful for about your body today? Meant that I had to keep looking for it and keep trying and mm-hmm. I could th- find things like, um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful I have, um, I'm grateful for my hands that allow me to hold other people's hands that allow me to comfort people, give people a hug that allow me to type, that allow me to send text messages that allow me to pick up every single thing that I need that, you know, like realizing everything that my body was doing for me every single day that I wasn't appreciating just changed mm-hmm. the way that I saw it. And then that level of acceptance helped me to then be able to, you know, take actions that were self-nurturing. Right. I think it's interesting that everyone's going to have a different experience of what coaching can pull out of them for mm. like to get to this next um, level of knowing yourself and knowing what you want. Mm. Because I think, you know, we talked about before, um, body image has not been a struggle necessarily for me. I mean, more than the <laughs> average woman. The average woman. <laughs> daily. Yeah. Um, but I would say for me, uh, being a people pleaser, knowing what I want mm. And Mm. how I want my days to look like and to know just having that clarity was worth its weight in gold in Mm -hmm. terms of coaching. Yeah. And so I think it's just interesting to kind of know that a good coach is going to pull out what it is that that's holding you back from the next thing. Exactly. And that's always going to change. Like right now I have a coach, I have a business coach who's helping me with aspects of my business and, you know, areas of, you know, my self-love journey at the moment is around, okay, yeah, how can I have self-belief in something bigger than, than the current business that I'm in? And Mm -hmm. how can I really um, push, recognize where I still have limiting beliefs? Yeah. Now it's my limiting beliefs have nothing to do with my body, but where do they have to do with my ability to, you know, generate a great income or, deliver a fantastic product to the world or whatever it may be. But yeah, I think the coaching experience is, is always about working with what a client, you know, what, what their present day limitation is and trying to get them to challenge that and move forward. So here's a good question. I feel like there are 1 billion coaches in the world (laughs) and there's always all these different specialties yeah. Give us a broad overview of the different kinds of coaches you could go see. Okay. You're right. There are lots and lots and lots of different coaches. It's the I mean, second... basically you can be like, I um, own a pool business. I build pools and now I'm going to coach you in how to be a pool business owner. I mean, I, feel I mean, like really, I'm sure there's a pool, a pool business coach out there. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, you know, like this is the thing in the coaching industry is that coaches are niching down and getting so specific. Like you can find literally a coach for anything. Um, so I think we know that coaching is the second fastest growing industry in the U.S. behind tech. So it is a huge industry. And so when there are so many choices, it's like, oh, my goodness, who do I go see, right? And I think I will give an overview of the different types of coaches, but to to the point that we made in the last episode around the most important thing being the relationship and the connection that you have with your coach, I believe that's the same, right? So I think it, 
the niche is less important and the type of coach is less important and it's more important. Do you really get on with this person? Do you trust them? Do they ask you good questions? Are they the right type? You know, some, some people need someone that is a little bit more tough love and some people need someone that is super kind and gentle and we all need different things from people to help us move forward. So I think it's about finding that fit. But in terms of the different types of coaching, so there's health coaching, right, which is – and health coaches are slightly different in the way that they coach um, usually because uh, they are more instructive. Like coaching is very much based on the theory or the, the idea that the client is the one that has the expertise on their life and your role is to ask some really powerful questions to help them get to clarity on what they need to do next and to encourage them and support them and listen to them. But you're not really there to dish out advice. Like I think that's the biggest myth with life coaching is that people think, oh, life coaches just kind of come in and tell people what to do. It's not at all what a coach should do. However, with a health coach, there is absolutely an element of asking someone powerful questions, figuring out what else is going on in a person's life. But there is an element of being an advisor and telling someone, hey, this could help from a nutrition standpoint. This could help from, you know, this will help with your digestion, whatever the person's issue may be. So health coach would be for someone that is specifically wanting to work on their physical health, right? Um, Then there's business coaches and business coaches, again, are way more instructive and advisory than a life coach because you are paying that person for their expertise in business. So a business coach crosses the line between a coach and a consultant, I would say. And a business Mm. coach is there to, yes, again, ask you powerful questions, do the coaching thing, but also say, hey, have you thought about this strategy? Have you implemented this like marketing idea? This is something that has worked for me in my business. Like they are people that you should be able to directly ask for, hey, I'm thinking about this idea. Have you experienced this in your business? Can you tell me like what you can ask them all sorts of things about, you know, um, really specific details of their business. You would be hoping that they already have a successful business. Exactly. That kind of gives them a um, authority to give you business advice. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the same. Yeah. So if you're looking for a business coach, that would be obviously because you have a business (laughs) and and you're, you're wanting to grow in that area. And I would say you would be looking for someone that has the business that you want to have is the best way to find your business coach is to be like, who is already doing what I want to be doing, right? So to not think of them as a competitor, but be like, who's in my industry, who knows how this industry works, who's had whatever type of success, depending on how you define it, but has had the impact that I want to have and how can I get there experience and and guidance Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the reason why I left life coaching till the end is that life coaching is you know there are so many different avenues that we could go down but the the thing about a life coach is very much as I said they're not they're not there to give you advice on what you should do they're there to listen to you to allow you to feel seen and heard to ask you questions, to help you gain clarity. And then yes, to help you, they're not there to give you nothing, to help you with really great tools and ideas and strategies that you can use to help you move forwards. But it's very much the client that is determining in what way they need to move forward, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, whew, yeah. There's also spiritual coaches, actually. <laughs> and that would Are they be... called pastors? Or... <laughs> You're right, though, right? You could get, absolutely, you could get spiritual coaching from a pastor. But um, a spiritual probably coach probably the one that... <laughs> yeah. Any area of your life you could find a coach for, right? So right. there is, if you're struggling with your home environment, you could find yourself a declutter coach. I'm sure there's Marie Kondo coaches out yes. there. Those people there who are. You can be you, certified yeah. at Marie Kondo. <laughs> if you're having a spiritual, yeah. uh, not crisis, but if you're you're looking into your spiritual journey and 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 like exploring that then absolutely you can find a spiritual coach if you are wanting to pursue creativity more and you feel like that's an area of your life that you've just let slide but used to be important to you you can get a creative coach creativity coach if you're writing a book you can get a book coach if you are running a marathon you can get a running coach like any aspect of your life that you are looking to make a positive change in you can find a coach that will help you to make that positive change. Yeah. And we kind of know that reading a book, like a self-help book, yeah, is great information, but often doesn't lead to the change that we need. We need community. We need yeah. Um, people yeah. in real life mm-hmm. to help us get to that next space because we can have all the head knowledge about a subject that we want, but we do need people asking us questions. We need people to process with or People ask the right questions, so we process what we need to, what yeah. we need to to get to the solution. And for me, a so huge part of it, us accountable, right? Accountability 100%. is huge. That's what I was just about to say. Is like for me, the the most powerful aspect in my experience of coaching is the accountability factor. And we know from everything we know about goal setting that a person's ability to achieve a goal goes from eight percent to ninety three percent just through accountability. Right. So that's ridiculous like that the that's like an 85 percent increase from from accountability alone your ability to succeed in a goal like I just think it's a no-brainer right because if you think about when you said Lindsay you know you read a self-help book or but it's one thing to have the knowledge and then we need people we need community we need accountability there's Mm -hmm. this great quote by a, a guy called Derek Sivers and he says if knowledge was the problem, like we'd all have six pack abs and be billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> like the knowledge is there for anything that you so want to good. achieve, right? I can so literally find the knowledge to create, yeah, to become a billionaire or to have six pack abs. But what books are is he reading? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think I'm just reading the wrong book. But we can't get there, I'm right? The right one. Right. Because of all of our limiting self-beliefs and our self-destructive behaviors and our patterns and our trauma and our wounds and our, like, that's where coaching and therapy come in is to work through that stuff because the knowledge alone, unfortunately, is not going to get you there. It'll help, but it's not going to get you there. And I think this is not to hijack our topic, but I feel like this really touches into how much we need community, even in the self-love journey. Oh, I think it's one thing to think about. I'm going to change how I think about myself. I'm going to love myself well, but we just can't do it isolated. We have to be talking about this with people. We have to be 
asking for accountability in this way or help mm. or direction or mm. commiseration as we're, we're growing. Yeah. Um, and to have yeah. other people to reflect back to you, I think sometimes, you know, we can be really think we're really self-aware and that we're working on this stuff. And then, right. you know, people pull me up all the time on little things that I say or when they're like, hmm, I, I feel like that might be like an area where you need a little bit more self-compassion or where maybe there's a bit of negative self-talk going on because what I'm hearing you say is, and they'll reflect something back to me that I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Like, mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, it's very hard to to see the parts of yourself that you still might want to improve and, right, you know, un- unless you have that community and those relationships with people reflecting those things to you. Right. So let's say I have identified the area that I want to work on. Mm-hmm. How would I find a coach? Yeah, that is a great question. And I think it is more difficult than the therapy question um, because, you know, last episode we talked about those great resources like Therapy Dem and Psychology Today and where you find therapists. And because of the fact that therapy is this regulated industry, uh, those resources exist, right? And people have licenses and they can get on their sites mm-hmm. and you can find them. The thing with coaching is that, you, you know, basically you can find coaches anywhere through Google and <laughs> and they... How do you know they're legit? Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> no, what I would say is for whatever the area of your life is that you're struggling with, where do you go for inspiration and where do you go for kind of practical tips and this could be maybe you're reading someone's blog maybe you're listening to a podcast maybe you're following someone on Instagram and you find that their posts are really inspiring to you or you find that their little videos are really helpful wherever it is that you go to find that knowledge factor that we were talking Mm -hmm. about it could be a self-help book that you've read right plenty of coaches have written self-help books and and the book is essentially a marketing tool for their coaching business so just looking at okay if I'm working on this area or wanting to work on this area of my life what am I reading who am I listening to and then looking at those people's work and just seeing if they're a coach because chances are if they're in that space if they're producing a podcast if they're writing a blog if they're doing little Instagram videos on this stuff they probably have a business coaching people on it. How important is it to find an accredited coach? Because mm. I know there are a bunch of companies that do this kind of accreditation, like yeah. ICF is one of them, I yeah. think. Yep. So like, let's say I'm following someone and they give great advice, a great podcast, great resources. Mm. And then it turns out that they're just a, great coach in general with no accreditation mm-hmm. and then there's someone else with an ICF accreditation like how mm-hmm. do I know oh I should go with this other person because they they're accredited or yeah whatever criteria I should be using totally I think that's a great question I think that the issue of accreditation like yes there can be people out there that aren't accredited that are fantastic coaches and I think if you find someone that has information that you find really helpful and you resonate with them and you connect with them, then I don't think someone necessarily has to have accreditation to be a great coach. I think you can trust your instincts, trust how you feel about 
that person and and the way that they interact with you and you can go ahead and and work with someone that's never done a coaching course or doesn't have any accreditation what I would say about accreditation and why I do think it is important is that if you can see that someone has trained through any course that has ICF accreditation and ICF stands for the International Coaches Federation that means that the course content itself had to go through a number of um, criteria in order for it to be ICF accredited, meaning that at least there are some standards and you know that that person has been trained in what's the difference between coaching and therapy? What type of questions do we ask in coaching? What type of questions do we not ask in coaching? Um, what do we do? You know, like how, what is active listening? How would you do that for someone? Um, I think there are some really important tools that coaches use and I personally don't know how how I would have known about those tools had I not done an ICF accredited course. So I think I'm not saying that coaches that aren't accredited are terrible coaches at all. I think, Mm -hmm. as I said, there's probably brilliant ones. But where I see an issue and I've seen it multiple times is with coaches that don't have any coach training, they have a misunderstanding of what coaching is and they very much see their role as having a session with someone and giving that person life advice. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely not what coaching is about. It does not help Mm -hmm. someone to feel empowered. It does not rely on the inner resources of the client for them to solve their own problems. Like the idea of coaching is that you are supposed to enable a person to have such an amazing kind of confidence in themselves and in their own resources that then they can go on to really thrive in their life. And for a coach that hasn't studied it and thinks that their job is to help a person by giving them advice, you are now creating a codependent relationship that does not serve the client. And so Mm. I think that that's more important. If the person that you want to work with isn't accredited, then I would say in the consult call, can you see how much is this person listening to me and asking me questions and how much is this person dishing out advice to me? And I would say be wary of someone that is telling you, I've got, I'll tell you how to do this. This is what you need to do in your life. This is what you need to say to your mother. This is what you need to do in your health. This is what, like, that is not what coaching is. That's what I kind of want sometimes. So are you telling me I need to find someone who has not been taught how to coach to actually coach me when I'm just wanting you to tell me what to do? (laughs) I know. I think that's so hilarious because it's so true, right? People want to outsource their issues and they want people to tell them what to do. You make it sound like that's a bad thing. I think it is a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where I say that's why at the very top when we're talking about different types of coaching, 100%. That's why if you are struggling with a health issue and you need someone to tell you something, I'm not saying health coaches should be telling people exactly what to do, but you might actually really need some professional advice on changes to make to your health. And similarly with business, you might actually need someone to tell you, hey, try this because you're maybe a new business owner and you don't know anything about business and you need someone to dish out that advice. But if it is your life and an area of your life it's not again I don't want people to think that coaches 
are just constantly asking questions and giving no answers, (laughs) but they can absolutely help you with tools and with strategies, but it needs to be coming from a place of empowering you and helping you to decide what's best for your life and not Mm -hmm. their opinion based on the very short knowledge that they have given that you've given to them within a session, right? They can't Mm -hmm. possibly know everything that's going on in your life. So for them to kind of dish out advice would be misplaced. What if though you were seeing someone who's also a psychic? (laughs) I feel like this changed the whole conversation. I mean, you've really (laughs) gone off on a tangent. I think we know what I'm I'm wanting in my life as psychic uh, yeah. advice giver. That's yeah. the coach I'm looking for <laughs> to avoid doing my own work. <laughs> Again, for, for people that, you know, I, I think there is a place for a person's advice, but it definitely needs to be contained and and not given unless a person is really, really stuck and can't get any kind of clarity on their own Mm -hmm. and is struggling to like, if you're asking a client what they think their next step should be or what they think a great action would be to take. And that client is really stuck. Then a hundred percent your role as a coach is to offer advice in the, in the form of suggestions. Could this help? What about this? Could this help? What about this tool? Have you thought about this? So a hundred percent, the coach has to come with, with resources and experience. Otherwise, what are you paying them for? But it's more in response to having asked the client first whether they have mm-hmm. ideas for their own life. Mm, so good. Mm. So Sam, let's say that I have decided to contact someone to be my coach. Mm-hmm. What are the questions I should ask them before agreeing to Ooh. be in a coach relationship? Wait, I thought coaches are the one who's <laughs> supposed to be the asking questions. questions. Oh my goodness, totally. I mean, when you have a consult call with a coach, which all coaches generally do, um, I guess there are certain coaches that have built up such credibility within the space and have such thriving businesses that potentially they don't offer free consult calls anymore. Um, In which case, you know, hopefully their body of work speaks for um, their ability to help you. But generally speaking, 90% of coaches will offer you a free consult call. Um, Mm -hmm. so that you can ask those questions. But very often on those consult calls, the coach is going to ask you a lot of questions about what it is that you're struggling with, what it is that you want from coaching. But the things that I would be interested and and wanting to speak to my coach about would be, uh, you know, frequency, like frequency of the sessions, what I can expect from a session, um, how that coach is going to hold me accountable, whether whether they do, whether I need to be the one that is checking in and telling the coach how I'm progressing or whether that coach is going to check in with me, whether it's happening over email, whether it's happening over WhatsApp, like getting really clear on how like the logistics are structured and whether or not that will work with work for you, but also kind of just um, getting a feel for asking that person, this is what I think I want to work on for the next three months. It could be six months. It depends. Coaches have three-month packages, six-month packages, 12-month packages. So talking to that coach about what it is that you're hoping to achieve within three months, six months, 12 months, and just asking the coach whether they think that that's realistic and, yeah, how they're going to structure a series to be able to help you get there. 
Right. Sam, this has been so helpful in unpacking kind of the mystery that is coaching for a lot of us. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and knowledge and experience as a coach and as someone who is being coached. I love hearing these kind of nuances of coaching because I feel like to those outside of the coaching world, this can be such a mystery. And so, and I think the same thing is true for therapy. If you haven't been to therapy, it can just be such an overwhelming mystery. Like how does this work? Yeah. So yeah, I think um, staying curious, asking great questions about what is it that you're needing? Are you in a place where you are struggling to be okay? Um, Where day-to-day stuff is very challenging and you have some uh, relationship issues to work on, uh, you might want to find a therapist to help you get to a place where you are stable. Yeah. And at the same time, um, knowing that coaching can also be a place where when you're in a pretty good spot, but you're needing some help in specific areas, coaching mm. is so stinking valuable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it just takes you, it helps you when you're feeling a little bit stuck to really take some decisive action and hopefully get out of that stuck place because you're right. You know, when we were talking about all the different areas of coaching before and like life coaching, the word life, that is so huge. And that that's why it becomes so mysterious, but it really is about going, what is the part of my life that I need help with and who can help me with that because to your point earlier when you said there are billions of coaches I mean I left out like career coaching that's another one dating coaching like and you can see how it's very different if you're really really struggling you might need to work with a therapist on on healing some relationship wounds but if you are a person that's been single for a while and is just really nervous and not putting yourself out there on the dating scene you might just need a dating coach to help you like, I don't know, set up a profile, come up with ideas, um, give you that kind of encouragement to go speed dating or whatever it may be. So it's like Mm -hmm. just a life coach, they're not going to coach you on your whole life, right? (laughs) They're (laughs) going to come down into your world and help you with the specific area that you need help with. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just would say, you know, as our podcast is focused on, how do you become a more self-loving person? Mm. This is such invitation to figure out where are the areas in your life that if you're in a good spot and you want to be thriving more, what are the specific areas in your life that you want to look at and who can help you? Yes. Um, yeah. And so we all believe that we should be pursuing the healthiest, most fulfilling, purposeful life possible. Um, and doing so from a foundation of self-love and love for others. And so Mm. this kind of, yeah, just invitation to push a little deeper into what might that look like for you? Yeah, that is very well said, (laughs) Lindsay. (laughs) And of course, if anyone's looking for a self-love coach, that's what I do for a living. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I'm going to plug my services shamelessly at the end of our podcast. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, but also I think um, it's worth asking friends what's working for them. It's worth following. Um, I follow Sarah Von Bargen on mm-hmm. Instagram, and I love how she does time management and money and making intentional choices. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a brilliant coach. We just have lots of different um, experiences that we would love to share. So you can slide into our DMs on Instagram. 
please shoot us an email and yeah, we love to serve you that way. Yes. And if anyone has any areas that they would like our help with in the future, specific topics related to self-love, please let us know and we will create episodes for you. You can, as Lindsay said, come on over to Instagram, message us at you are infinitely loved or hop on over to our website, you are infinitely loved.com and send us an email. There's a contact form there. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.